Hi, folks, and welcome to this week's episode of Reach for the Pod, the Indiana football podcast at the Indiana Daily Student. I'm your host, Patrick Felt. And today on our episode, we'll be joined by our reporter, L.C. Norton Luke, to talk about all things Indiana versus Cincinnati this week's matchup for the Hoosiers. We'll talk about little quarterback comparison between Michael Penix Jr. and Desmond Ritter and talk about the Cincinnati defensive backs, one of the strongest position groups in the entire country. And then we'll talk about Charlton Warren, the defensive coordinator for the Hoosiers, who got to match up with the Bearcats when he was a defensive backs coach at the University of Georgia last season in the Peach Bowl. So a little bit of that with Luke in the first part of our episode. And in the second part of the episode, we're joined by Owen Racer, the sports editor at the News Record, the student newspaper at the University of Cincinnati. And he joins us to talk about a lot of the same stuff, but from the other side's perspective, you know, looking at this Cincinnati team and what they accomplished a season ago and really the broader goals for this team and and what a big win, a road win against Indiana would mean for the Bearcats and what should be a very good matchup and even matchup two teams on the upswing, two teams looking up Cincinnati headed to the Big 12 Conference in two years, and their head coach, Luke Fickle, one of the most desired names on the coaching market. He's been rumored for USC. We'll talk a little bit about that, too. Uh, but looking at this matchup this week, it should be a good one, and uh, we've got a lot good stuff to break down here on the podcast. So thank you for listening, and now let's get into the episode. Let's start with Part 1 with L.C. Norton. Here in part one of today's podcast, previewing the Indiana-Cincinnati game, Saturday afternoon, a noon kickoff in Bloomington on ESPN. Cincinnati, a three-and-a-half-point road favorite over the Hoosiers coming into Bloomington, and a sellout crowd expected. Should be a good one. Should be a fun one, an exciting one between two teams trending upward as programs and two of the the most you know uh, electric head coaches in the sport, I think, in Luke Fickle and, and Tom Allen. Should be a very fun and entertaining matchup. Saturday afternoon in Bloomington, and here to preview it with me, it's our very own Luke Christopher L.C. Norton. What's going on today? Not too much, Patrick. Just had a bit of breakfast, I know, late in the day. How are you doing? I'm doing well, yeah, in a, uh, a 2.30 breakfast for, for uh, our good friend L.C. today. Uh, sometimes that's how you got to do it. Uh, and certainly uh, tomorrow it, uh, it'll be fun to, uh, or not tomorrow, but Saturday, uh, a little lunchtime, noontime action on the football field between the Hoosiers and the Bearcats. Going to be a lot of fun. And uh, you know, when, when I look at this matchup, uh, you know, getting right into it, when I look at this matchup and I think of what is the most important battle here in, in the comparison to draw between the two sides, I think it's number nine. Number nine for both of these teams. Desmond Ritter, number nine, the quarterback for Cincinnati. And... For the Hoosiers, Michael Penix Jr., number nine. Looking at these two quarterbacks, two guys who had excellent seasons last year, a year ago, uh, two guys who are, are pretty experienced uh, and who came into the season as two of the more hyped-up quarterbacks in the entire nation. Uh, and while Penix has had his struggles, Ritter has been, albeit against Miami, Ohio, and against uh, Murray State, excellent. Uh, he's been excellent. So you know, looking at these two quarterbacks, let's compare them a little bit and let's break down uh, the quarterback battle what what sticks out to you, uh, LC, about Desmond Ritter, this quarterback for Cincinnati? What what really makes him the the kind of quarterback that that wins football games? Because that's what he is. So first of all, Ritter really, without a shout, is the X factor on this Bearcats team. I mean, everything of them as a quarterback. I mean, we learned in recent years that 
what it really takes to win in college football is a good quarterback. You see that in the playoff. You see that in the major bowl games. Yeah. You need a quarterback to win. Cincy, luckily for them, has one. 2020 AAC Player of the Year, record holder in Cincy for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback, active leader in FBS winning possessions, number two passer by yards and touchdowns. <laughs> Doesn't get much better than I that. Mean, the list just keeps on going. Yeah. You could write a whole Wikipedia article about Desmond Ritter accomplishments. All the experience one can ask for in a college could be Fifth year player. He came back. He could have declared for the draft last season. He did not. He wanted to come back. And you should hear Tom Allen and Mark McCray ball just rave and rave on about this guy. Just his poise, his ability to rush while being such a big guy, and the NFL potential that does lie in his future. Certainly. He's a potential first-round draft pick, and... And that's not just me saying that. That's there are there are NFL scouts who who will probably be at this game. Uh, you know, some some talent on both sides, uh, and Ritter is certainly one of them, a potential first round quarterback, especially in what looks to be a weaker quarterback class this year. He could be a a potential gem for for a team in the NFL. But but looking just at, at college football, this guy's about as accomplished as they come. Uh, at a quarterback like that, you know. That's the, that's a championship level player, um, and I'm not saying Cincinnati is going to make the college football playoff. I know they aspire for it. It's tough when you play in the American Athletic Conference, which they're going to only have two more years in before they move to the Big Twelve. But this is a really and Tom Helen said it today. He said they might be a Group of Five team, uh, but they've got Power Five personnel and they've got Power Five level players and and not just Power Five level, but elite Power Five level players. Just about every position on the field, um, especially on the defensive side of the football. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but let's look at the other side quarterback. For Indiana, it's Michael Penix Jr. And here's a guy who, you know, 2020 and 2019, before he got hurt, couldn't say anything but good things about him. Um, you know, this guy, he was very reliable, uh, <laughs> at least in everything except for playing and being on the field. Injuries were, were a big concern for him. He was reliable. He got it done. He could make big plays. He could he could scramble a little bit. Didn't like to run a lot. I think that was you know an injury thing, but uh, an absolute cannon of an arm and an accurate one at that. So 2019-2020, uh, couldn't say anything but that about him. But this year, through two games, he's been rough. Uh, and, and we were talking about this and breaking down you know some of the some of the you know ins and outs of his game through two games this year. I was talking with Luke before we recorded today. He has thrown to the left side of the field a total of, I believe, four times this season. More, give or take. Three interceptions and against Iowa, all to the left side of the field. Granted, not all his fault. There was some a little flukiness there, some batted balls, some slips and all that. But three interceptions to the left side of the field and then uh, one attempt against Idaho. And, you know, against Iowa, there might have been a few others. But all in all, he has not been able to throw, you know, to that side of the field. He's a left-handed quarterback, so... Thrown to that side of the field has not been good. So you, you know, you look at that. That's one issue. The other issue is his comfort level. He just doesn't look comfortable out there. Um, and that is not. I don't. I don't think that's uncommon for a player coming off of an injury, especially a catastrophic one like he had last season. But he he looks he looks lost out there sometimes. He looks rattled. Um, and even against Idaho last week, well, you know, he took care of the ball and didn't make any huge mistakes. Uh, he still just didn't look comfortable. Um, you know, the numbers don't pop off the page, and he didn't didn't really get a chance to to get into the flow and the rhythm of the offense uh, like he he could have you know, last year. And against an opponent like that, you would you would hope you would see more of that, and it just didn't happen. So, going into this week against Cincinnati, this is going to be one of the toughest 
teams he plays all season, and I think uh, the secondary is what makes Cincinnati on the defensive side of the football such a formidable team. Um, and, it, and it comes down to two players for me. Kobe Bryant, yes, that's his real name, and Ahmad Sauce Gardner, who might be the best cornerback in the entire nation. He wasn't even targeted when they played Miami, Ohio, Cincinnati, that is. Uh, Miami, Ohio decided it was a good strategy to just not throw the ball to him. Uh, and that's probably a good strategy because this guy's elite. He's locked down, and seeing him matched up with Tri Freifogel, uh, which I'm assuming is going to be the matchup, that could be one of the best cornerback versus receiver battles we see all season. And, you know, for Penix, a guy who relies a lot on, on Freifogel, that could be tough, not, not being able to have him as, as the uber-reliable security blanket that he is a lot of games when he's going up against a corner as good as Ahmad Gardner. Yeah, Ahmad Gardner, I mean, he has been that guy for just so many years. Oh, yeah. All-American list in 2020. Third lowest passer rate in the lab when targeted in 2020. I mean, he's been targeted just four times this year, allowed one reception, mind you. I don't expect Miami of Ohio or Murray State to throw his way a lot, but one fact that's really interesting, he has never, not one time, allowed a touchdown during his never. time with the Bearcats. Never. <laughs> not one time. I mean, he's just been that dude for so many years. Every team for all these years has been circling this guy when it's come up to preview their opponents and that's Bearcats. Zero touchdowns given up. I mean, that's that's an absurd stat. <laughs> that's absurd. Uh, and Kobe Bryant, I mean, he's good as well. I mean, he's yeah. the team all the AAC in 2020. And uh, he could have left, but he elected to make, to make use of his remaining eligibility. And uh, one thing against Miami of Ohio, he allowed five receptions for 93 yards, if I'm not mistaken, which isn't ideal. So that's something to keep an eye on. And both of Cincy's starting safeties, Brian Cook and Javon Hicks, I mean, they were backups in 2020. Mind <laughs> you, very capable ones. Brian Cook, of course, made the start in the Peach Bowl. And then Javon Hicks has been pretty good. He had no targets against Miami. But those are both guys who have seen time sparingly in 2020, but were not starters on that just spectacular secondary. And definitely, that was one of the, you know, similar to the Hoosiers here. Secondary, I think, is the strength of defense, the heart and soul of the team, if you will. Uh, and that's how, that's how they win games, is, is by really limiting them uh, in, in the passing game and, and locking down receivers. And certainly Gardner locks down receivers better than anybody in the country, um, about anybody in the country at least. Uh, they're elite, um, and there's there's no shying away from that. They are nothing but an elite secondary and, and certainly one uh, that the Hoosiers will have their hands full with. And I think looking at the Indiana secondary, yeah, Devon Matthews is, is going to be out for this game probably. Um, I don't think we've heard an official word on that, but he had a pretty serious injury against he's Iowa. He's questionable from what I know. He's questionable. Okay, yeah, so could see him, could not, but if I had to put money on it, I would say probably not. Um, but you still have Taiwan Mullen. And uh, and if there's a second guy who I would want, if I'm if I'm picking a cornerback out of any team in the country who I want on my team, it's Ahmad Gardner. If I'm picking a second guy, it's probably Taiwan Mullen. Um, these are two guys, two NFL-level talents, two guys who – there will certainly be a lot of eyes on in this matchup, and in Cincinnati's receiver room, it's it's almost a receiver room by it's it's a more of a committee than it is a single guy standing out. They don't have a Ty Freifogel on this team. Uh, Desmond Ritter has really spread the ball around nicely. They've got eight guys averaging ten or more yards per catch, um, so they, they've spread it around nicely and, and and really shared the wealth, if you will. But um, they've got a uh, they've they've got a challenge too with Indiana secondary. I think. Uh, 
both both quarterbacks, we're going to learn a lot about them in this game. And uh, it, it should be a really interesting one from that standpoint. But while Indiana and Cincinnati haven't played for 21 years, they haven't played since the year 2000, um, one thing that they do have, one thing Indiana has on their side, is that they've got a coach who coached against Cincinnati. Charlton Warren, last year, he was a coach at Georgia, defensive backs coach uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs, who played the Cincinnati Bearcats in the Peach Bowl and won on a last-second field goal, a, a pretty late comeback attempt uh, in what was r- really an excellent game between two very good teams. And certainly Georgia has shown that this year, knocking off Clemson, and, and Cincinnati showed it last year with some, some signature wins of their own. What, what stood out for you when you look at Charlton Warren's defense this year and when you look at the Georgia team last year, what do you think he can pull from that game to bring in here it's against Cincinnati in Week 3? So Charlton Warren, that Georgia defense, mind you, that Georgia team, I mean, I don't want to say they weren't trying, but whenever you're a team like Georgia and you're playing in a non-playoff game, I mean, that just kind of takes the wind out of your sails. We saw that in IU's own playoff game. But, yeah, so as far as Charlton Warren, he has seen Ritter before. Uh-huh. He knows just Ritter is a, just a ruthlessly efficient quarterback, especially that's within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. That's really where he makes his production. But against those... Warren coached defensive backs. Ritter only attempted three passes 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage, none of which went for completions. Ritter instead, just as he usually does, made his living over the middle of the field. He went 11 of 12 with a touchdown on short passes. That's impressive. And, but no receivers really, like you said, this is like a receiver room by committee. No receivers really stood out and had a great game. Their leading receiver, Michael Young Jumer, former Notre Dame player, he had 59 yards and elected to return to the team this year, so they'll see him again. But yeah, so Warren has seen Ritter before, and it's a massive asset to have a coach who's seen that kind of quarterback before on your team. Yeah, um, and, and you talk about Notre Dame with Michael Young Jr. Cincinnati, after this game, they get a bye, but then they have to go to South Bend. So two big games in a row for Cincinnati, two potentially season-defining, program-defining even games for them if they want to you know make some noise and maybe make it back to new year six or you know potentially the college football playoff depending on how things shake out nothing is impossible these are games they've got to win and these are games that they've got to show out in so if you're indiana with that in mind how do you prepare for this game knowing that for cincinnati to this point in really the history of the program under luke fickle this is maybe their their biggest game outside of the the bowl game last year i'm not sure it gets much bigger than this for them yeah, I mean, coaches and social media accounts like to say iron sharpens iron. Uh-huh. I mean, if you're Indiana, you really won't see many better secondaries than perhaps your own. So it's a massive asset for that offense to be going against its own secondary in practice day in and day out. Right. So they've already seen a good secondary. They even know what it looks like. They should know how to play against one. And uh, one thing to consider, especially in that bowl game, is the running game. Georgia allowed a massive run. From at the time he was a backup, he was starting that game, but he is now the starter this season. Jerome Ford, former Bama bat, 79 yards in one rush. Mind you, if you take all of their rushing stats in that game, if you subtract that 79 yard rush, I'll be that guy for a minute. They totaled 72 yards as a team. And if this sounds familiar, it's because we were making the same excuse about Iowa. I was going to say. <laughs> they had that exact same kind of time against Iowa. I mean, Tyler Goodson, just the opening drive. I mean, that just really puts a team on its heels when Tyler Goodson has like a 50-plus yard touchdown run. So Cincinnati has shown they are capable of doing the very same thing. 
So Indiana cannot let game break loose. No, you can't. You gotta you gotta contain that. And and you know when you look at that Iowa game though, beyond like we were saying, beyond that the one good play, it was a whole lot of whole lot of nothing from the run game. And Tyler Goodson's you know typically a really good back. Um, they did a good job of, of shutting that down. And the Indiana defense was very good that game. I'm not concerned about the defense. I think the defense is going to do enough to win. My concern here lies with the offense. I really do think that there, there are some issues with this offense and, and Penix's level of comfort, especially going up against this good of a defense. Uh, you know, try If you're still trying to shake out the rust against a team like this, you're probably going to have a bad time. If you talk about level of comfort, one thing to consider, Desmond Ritter did not do super well against pressure in 2020. I mean, when he was pressured in 2020, his completion percentage dropped at 31%, and just two touchdowns, three interceptions under pressure. And then, yes, Penix does have those issues. I mean, he just does not feel like the same quarterback. I mean, and then you look at 2020, he had those really good games where he just went autonomous alter instinct, especially in the fourth quarter against Penn State. Yeah. Most of that Ohio State game. But there were some so-so Penix performances. And this Indiana team, it's not quite like what it is with Talia Tungavaloa and Maryland, but it does live and die on the back of its quarterback. So Penix really needs to shake off that rust that's been plaguing him this season if the Hoosiers do want to win. And that's easier said than done against a team like this, let's be clear. Uh, shaking out the rust against Cincinnati, I mean, that's that's tough. That's very tough because you know that they're going to be prepared and you know that they're going to play well. Um, you, you can expect that week in and week out from this defense, but you, know, you just got to hope that, that in practice something clicks, um, that something clicks this week and that, that he starts to – to feel to feel more like his old self because that's tough after an injury to, to regroup like that and after another injury for him. But you just gotta hope it happens and uh, and you gotta do everything you can to make that happen and to to get him adjusted to that level of comfort. One last thing to consider is just the atmosphere. I mean, yeah. You will never see no flag from Memorial Stadium. I love the place. You will never see it on the toughest places to play list. Traditionally but speaking. <laughs> now all of this fan enthusiasm. I mean, it's a sold-out game. That's not normal for IU. That's not normal for Indiana. I mean, but with that atmosphere, I mean, we were all talking about, like, oh, Indiana didn't really play in front of a crowd in 2020. Then they came in their season opener against Iowa, and they faced one of the toughest crowds in the Big Ten, and it just did not end well. Cincinnati didn't exactly play in front of big crowds either. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to be, it's going to make or break the game, but... It's definitely something to consider just how much that crowd, that atmosphere could rattle the sense of game. Yeah, and, and Cincinnati has not played a road game this season. They've not had to go on the road into a full house since 2019. Um, and they're going into not just a road environment, a hostile road environment, but a sold-out road environment, a sold-out game for the first time in four years in Bloomington. Very impressive. And that crowd last week, while it wasn't sold out, it was loud. I mean, it was electric, especially early on in that game when, when it was still full before the game you know, kind of got out of hand. That place was loud. You could, you could really, really hear that on the field. I was down there. You could feel it, um, and the players noticed it too. They, they weren't shy about it. Um, the crowd is going to make a big impact, I think. And Cincinnati's going to travel well. They're going to sell out the visitor section. But it's going to be a very very loud pro IU crowd a lot of these sellouts that we've seen I think the last sellout we saw uh in Bloomington the last two were a Michigan game and Ohio State game and those were not exactly pro IU crowds from my memory 
I don't think we've ever seen a crowd like this, like the crowd we're expecting on Saturday in Bloomington in a very, very long time. It's going to be quite a sight to see and definitely a tough place to play for Cincinnati. Worth considering when making a pick here. Absolutely. And if I did have to make a pick, I'd probably have to give Cincinnati the edge just because, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I don't, this is a cliche, tale of two quarterbacks. I mean, if Michael Penix can come back, be the Michael Penix he was in 2020, Hoosiers definitely have a chance. But so far, I mean, 2021 Desmond Ritter looked a lot like 2020 Desmond Ritter. Yeah. <laughs> that ruthlessly efficient, all-around poised, mobile passer that he is. A do-it-all player. Yes, so I just really think since he has an edge, just looking at these past two times I've seen IU trot out. I mean, just looking at those IU squads on those days, I don't feel like they would be up against Cincinnati. If yeah. something has changed since then, or if they can shake something up, they have a chance. But based on what I have seen, I have to give Cincinnati the edge. I'm with you there. I still think the Hoosiers have got a shot to win this game, though. And I think we're going to learn a lot about these two teams and these two quarterbacks and these two coaches and these two programs. Not even just these the 2021 rosters, but I think we learn a lot about these programs based on how they respond and, and the kind of game we see from them. Because I don't, I don't foresee this being a blowout. I see this being a tough game between two really, really evenly matched teams in a lot of positions, almost you know mirror pictures of each other. If Penix you know can can step up his play, I think they're very close to mirror images of each other. But the question is is there on the offensive side of the ball. Can they get it done, and can they improve? Can they look more like they did at their best last year in 2019? That's the question for the Hoosiers, but we're going to find out a lot about them Saturday, and it should be a very good game Saturday afternoon. That'll do it for part one of this podcast. Part two coming up with Owen Racer, the sports editor at the University of Cincinnati student newspaper, The News Record. Elsie, thank you so much for joining me on this first part of the podcast. Thanks for having me. Of course, and we will see you very soon. On to part two. We're back here for part two of our podcast today, previewing the Indiana-Cincinnati game. Uh, week three uh, for the Hoosiers, Hoosiers one and one, the number eight ranked Bearcats, two and oh, coming to Bloomington uh, for, I think, the biggest game of the season to this point for both sides. Uh, a, a real, uh, a big, it's just a huge game. 12 o'clock ESPN kickoff. Uh, and somebody who will be in the press box for this game coming from Cincinnati. He is the sports editor at the News Record at the University of Cincinnati. And his name is Owen Racer. Owen, how are you doing today? Patrick, I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me on. This is a huge week, like you said. Uh, happy to be here and excited to, you know, get, get on the ground in Bloomington and, you know, cover this game. It's going to be a big one. Yeah, certainly a big one and a sellout crowd. Uh, you know, something that we don't see a whole a whole lot, you know, at, at Indiana football. Uh, it should be a big crowd coming in from both sides. And this is a game that booked in 2014, I believe, a completely different matchup now. It's, it's really crazy to see the turns both of these programs have become just, you know, seven years ago, Indiana, uh, you know, still under head coach Kevin Wilson, maybe fighting for a bowl game was, was about the best you could hope for, five, six wins. Uh, in Cincinnati, well, their head coach is a U.S. senator now at the time, Tommy Tuberville. Uh, he's a U.S. senator in Alabama. And, uh, and now both programs, Luke Fickle, head coach at Cincinnati, Tom Allen here in Bloomington, uh, have turned the corner. Uh, both had big seasons last year, top 10 programs, uh, going to big bowl games. And you know, neither of them quite getting it done in the bowl game, but seriously signs of improvement and, and really uh, just make it, making huge strides 
uh, here in 2019, 2020, and now in 2021. Uh, so looking at, at the Cincinnati side, uh, Owen, what has been the key component to, to making this program what it is today and, and really helping it take the next step? Yeah, so I, I think it starts with Luke Fickle, like you mentioned, head coach. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's obviously the stars that everyone talks about, quarterback Desmond Ritter, Ahmad Gardner on the defense playing cornerback, um, you know, and a handful of others. But I think it starts with Fickle. Um, he really, you know, turned the tie, like you said, and got those strides going. Um, so I think it starts with him and kind of what he's instilled going on his fifth season now. Um, I think these stars, you know, he says it all the time, they, you know, these stars come from what he's instilled. You know, the program has totally changed. And I think a lot of that is seen in the way quarterback Desmond Ritter, you know, leads this team and the offense. Um, for example, last week they went into halftime tied with Murray State, which was obviously a huge um, shock because the Bearcats were number eight in the country and Murray State is unranked. And all the talk was post-game from um, Fickle was the um, was the speech that Desmond Ritter gave at halftime. And, you know, they kind of just – you saw that in the reflection of the score. You know, they came out and scored, you know, 30-something points in the second half. And everyone pointed – players, too, pointed to uh, Ritter's speech at halftime. Um, so I think a lot of it comes from the leadership, um, which Fickle instilled, and that kind of trickles down into Ritter and then some of those stars that, you know, get highlighted on the defense for their statistics. Yeah, and I think that's a similar story to a lot of Indiana fans. You you hear that and you, you think of, you know, Tom Allen, very similar ideals there with leadership and, and trust really between between teammates in the locker room. And and looking though at, at the last couple of weeks for the Bearcats, it's it's almost been the stuff off the field that's been as big of a story as what's going on on the field. You know, the team is two and zero and ranked in the top 10, but I think just as important for the program, number one, they're switching conferences. The Bearcats are moving to the big 12 uh, effective in 2023, I believe. So they're moving up in the world into the power five, you know, back into a power conference. They were in the big East for so many years. Uh, and the, and the other thing is Luke Fickle's name has been floated for USC jobs. And I don't think either of those things will have a big bearing on the impact of this game. I know I've seen some people say, Oh, the, the rumors that could be a distraction for the team. And what I've heard from press conferences from the players, from Luke Fickle himself, it seems like they shot it down pretty decisively. I don't think there's a whole lot of smoke to the USC thing. And if there is any smoke to it, it certainly isn't showing up in what they say. And it certainly isn't showing up in their preparation for this game. Right. Uh, personally, I don't think Fickle's going anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's earned this team and this program here at Cincinnati a lot. And I don't think he is the person um, on a public level or personally from what I've seen to let that go for something, you know, that might bring more financial gain or more attention. Um, you know, saw a couple years ago, turn down the Michigan State, you know, same deal. Uh, you know, you saw Cincinnati start to do well and then bam, Fickle gets the attention and he didn't want it. Um, I think he is the type of coach that wants to keep with the same program. And he talks about all the time, you know, it's not about building a top 10 team. It's about building a top 10 program. He says that over and over again. And I think he is bought into that that mission of building a top 10 program. And that's why his players are too. So, you know, the rumors, I, I don't think they're going to, you know, play into this at, at all. I think playing more of a factor will be the crowd at IU, uh, you know, Cincinnati and pretty much everyone in college football hasn't seen a real crowd since, you know, 2019 almost because of, you know, COVID-19. Um, so I think that will play more of a factor than the off the field stuff of, you know, USC, big 12, obviously the big 12 is significant, but you know, it's more of a, probably a motivator than it is a distraction if, mm -hmm. if you will oh yeah yeah and you talk about that crowd it, it certainly was a factor this week in Bloomington against Idaho 
Uh, and, and, you know, the Bearcats, they've been at home all season. So uh, going on the road, first true road game, first full crowd in you know, two years at this point, certainly is going to play an impact. I know it played an impact uh, for Indiana when they traveled to Iowa. And that crowd last week, by the way, against Idaho was loud. It, it wasn't quite a sellout, but it was loud. It was packed and it was loud, especially that student section. It, it really got going there, especially early on. Uh, you know, made it made a couple big plays and you could just feel the place, you know, erupt. And, and I certainly think that's going to be a similar thing this week. I'm a little disappointed. It's a, a noon kickoff instead of a night game. I think that would have been fun. But uh, but yeah, the crowd is definitely a factor. Thanks for bringing that up. But let's talk about some of this on the field stuff. And, and I think if you're talking about the Cincinnati team and you're talking about the players, you have to start a quarterback because they've got one of the best of the country. And that's Desmond Ritter. And here's a guy who he can really do it all. And, and he's experienced and, he, and you said it, he's a leader very safe with the football, doesn't turn it over. Uh, what sticks out to you about Desmond Ritter? Because this is a guy who's not only one of the best quarterbacks in college football right now, but he's a guy who's getting hyped up as a potential NFL first-round draft pick and is probably the best quarterback the Hoosiers are going to see all season. Right. I think it starts with his composure. Uh, you've seen it in big time. You've seen it in small games. Um, you know, he's just a dual threat, and I think dual threat is even undermining. I think he has a lot more – uh, and then just running and passing the ball, like I said, leadership. But um, I think it's hard to stop him because of his all the weapons he has. Um, you know, clearly he can run the ball. Uh, he can throw the ball. But, you know, I think it comes down to the leadership, like I keep saying. Uh, he handles so many things at once. I mean, he's a father. Granted, a lot there's a lot of people, in, you know, in college football and other sports that are fathers and, and mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this instance, you know, Ritter, Ritter has, has a kid. Uh, you know, he's balancing that well. And he has so many things going on, and yet – it almost is like nothing else matters to him on the field except for the game that's happening. Um, and the way he shares the wealth, I think, is is very, very dangerous. Um, these first two games this season, his top two receivers haven't even been targeted. You know, these two receivers coming in, one of them being Alec Pierce, who is also getting major, major attention, hasn't even gotten that many targets. Um, you know, he's just sharing the ball so well, and I think that comes down to him seeing, seeing the field very well. Um, everyone's getting touches. You know, four different running backs saw the ball in the first game. And I think like eight different receivers, you know, caught the ball in the first game this season. Um, So he is just getting the ball everywhere. And and after that Miami opener game, um, Ritter mentioned in the the post-game conference that uh, he's feeling, you know, the game is coming to him a lot slower. He's seeing it a lot better and he's just more confident. And I think you can really see that. So I think that's pretty dangerous. You know, that confidence, you know, it's going on his fifth year here. uh, So that confidence and um, that leadership is just make him, uh, you know, makes him a big threat. Yeah, you talk about uh, spreading the ball around. You know, looking at this at the statistics here, it's really impressive. There are eight different guys. Let me count them again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight different guys averaging 10 or more yards per catch. That's really impressive. They, they've shared the ball well, and that, that's been what stuck out you know, on, on, on the stat sheet here uh, through two games for the Bearcats. And, and looking at, at more from, from this team, on the defensive side of the football, you know, Indiana fans like to talk about the secondary, but I think Cincinnati, if, if there's any team who's got as good of a secondary who they'll see this season, it's Cincinnati. And it's a guy like Ahmad Gardner, sauce, as they call him. Uh, what do you like about the secondary? Because I think that's the heart of this defense. Yeah, I think the secondary is intimidating for, for any team, you know, no matter how good your passing game is. I think the secondary is intimidating. And uh, here in Cincinnati, they like to talk about how uh, they call themselves the Black Cats, and they play with Clifton style, uh, which Clifton is the area that University of Cincinnati is located in. 
Um, and kind of to them, Clifton style is just playing with like grit, smash mouth, hard, uh, and kind of with some attitude and like a chip on your shoulder because, you know, coming into these last couple of years where Cincinnati has kind of showed up, they've always been the underdog. Granted, they're ranked number eight now, so they're going to be on the opposite end of that and they're going to be playing against underdogs. But, you know, until now, pretty much they've been the underdog. And uh, I think this secondary, you can really see that Clifton style play. Uh, you know, they're going to hit you hard. They're fast. Uh, but I think, again, coming back to the leadership, they have leadership. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Ahmad Gardner is receiving all the attention. Granted, he's not even a senior, but uh, he's receiving all the attention, you know, be drafted first round, win this award, win that award. You know, he's up there on the leaderboards, but also Kobe Bryant on the other side. You know, he's a captain this year. Uh, you know, he brings the leadership. So I think those are two lockdown corners that make it intimidating. Uh, game one against Miami, uh, Ahmad Gardner saw no targets in man coverage, which I think is just putting respect on his name. You know, they were they didn't want to throw to him. They thought it was uh, them as in Miami. Didn't even think it was worth it to throw to him, which I think says a lot. Um, so I just think this, this secondary is intimidating. Gardner against Ty Freifogel could be one of the best cornerback receiver combinations or matchups that we see all season, not even just, you know, if, if you're Indiana or if you're Cincinnati, but maybe in the entire sport. I mean, these are two of the best at what they do all, overall in, in the whole sport of college football. And, and yeah, you know, you talk about some of the other guys, Kobe Bryant, that's another, and, and that's, that's a heck of a name, but um, yeah. And if you're an Indiana fan, I think this is something that has to concern you is the strength of Cincinnati's defensive backs because they are some of the best in the nation. Um, Indiana's got some of the best defensive backs in the nation too, but this has to concern you if you're the Hoosiers, because, Michael Penix Jr. has not been the same quarterback to start the season. I, that's just a fact. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on, but something's up. Um, and he really struggled in that Iowa game. And while there were some signs of improvement, he wasn't as careless with the ball against Idaho. The numbers don't pop off the page. Um, and he didn't – I think Tom Allen or somebody was saying in the press conferences, uh, he just hasn't gotten you know into that rhythm. He hasn't gotten into that flow. He hasn't gotten quite as comfortable yet with the football. Uh and you would have thought last week against Idaho would have been a good time to do that. Uh, and it just didn't happen. So this week going up against this defense, uh, when you're not really in the flow of things yet, that could be an issue because you're not going to be able to, to count on a guy like Fryfo will to necessarily bail you out the way he could against a weaker defense uh, when he's going up against a Matt Gardner. Um, right. That, that you know, is I, just, that's an incredible matchup. Uh, and I, I'm really intrigued to see what happens with that. Yeah. You know, adding on to that, that matchup in the defense of Cincinnati, I think, you know, Fry Fogel would be a, a game changer. You know, you, if you look at his numbers from last year, 218 yards against Ohio state, 200 against Michigan state and 142 against Michigan. I think if, if he can have one of those games, that's, that's a story changer, you know, that's a game changer. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the cornerbacks, like I mentioned, uh, you know, they're not, you know, they're, they're in good company, you know, further back in the secondary, you know, safety, Brian cook, um, you know, he was truly getting his first shot at the spotlight this year because of who he was playing behind. You know, James Wiggins and Derek Forrest, who he has been playing behind, you know, are now both in the NFL. And he had to wait his chance all these years at Cincinnati because, you know, he was playing behind them. And I think he is coming out with a fire because he has so much to prove in this year. Uh, so it's not just the quarterbacks, you know, it's the safeties, too. I think they, they all are intimidating and have a lot, you know, to prove this year. Yeah, um, and then you talk about some of those games that I know you mentioned it briefly that Fry Fogel had last year, the 200 plus, 150 plus yard games. Those were against weak secondaries. Ohio State's defense was not good in the past game last year. Michigan's defense was horrible in the past game last year. This is going to be one of the toughest challenges they face at secondary all season. Um, and I know I've mentioned that before, but I think it's worth harping on because, especially with a quarterback who's looked pretty rattled early, uh, but, but an elite receiving corp. 
this is a this is a really good matchup, and I, I'm intrigued to see what happens. And you talk about those safeties too. The back end of the defense is just as strong as they are, you know, up close at, at the line of scrimmage. And when you look at this team just in general, and, and you talk about their identity, you talk about the leadership, you talk about the experience. Um, what would a win like this mean for, for this program? Getting a road win against a Big Ten team, a Big Ten team who was ranked to start the season and you know, maybe at some point in the season could be ranked again. Uh, what does that type of win mean to this program? Because, you know, they, they have their identity established, but getting that signature win, what does that mean? I think it would mean it would be, it'd be a big point proven for them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they would show publicly how much it means um, because they've been trying to prove this point to people all along these last couple of years, they've been doing well and haven't, you know, really been given the respect from everybody across the board. So I think it will kind of be a, we told you so moment, like we told you what we had and we've been showing you and kind of like, does this finally prove it? Um, but I think, you know, as you, as you see Fickle mention in his conferences, um, they like to keep it small. They like to keep it week by week. They don't like to look ahead which is why I kind of mentioned the big 12 stuff doesn't matter too much right now. You, the coaching rumors doesn't matter. Um, you know, they like to keep it small. So I think it'll be, uh, we win. Okay. Now it's on to a bye week and then Notre Dame, you know, mm-hmm. it'll just shift the focus. I don't think it'll be a, let's throw it in everyone's face. We beat IU at their place. I think it'll be a, we told you so now let's move on. You know, we have a lot of bigger things to move on to now, but I think for right now, this is obviously, you know, the, the game of the week for them. Um, so it's obviously going to mean the world if they come out with the win. Yeah, and one of the games of the week in the entire sport, a, re- a really good matchup looking at, at these two teams. We've said it a, a billion times at this point, but, but this is huge you know, for both sides. I, I really think that uh, there's an argument to be made that this can be the inflection point, the turning point of either of these seasons. This is a, a win that can spark real momentum you know, for either team. For Cincinnati, maybe that's a win that can get you into the, the New Year's Six again after last season, certainly made the Peach Bowl potentially the playoff, depending on how things shake out. I know they've got those kinds of ambitions and it's tough as a, a group of five program for now uh, to get there, but you know, they, they certainly want to, and they're not shy about that. Uh, and if you're the Hoosiers getting this win, I think that establishes so much confidence for your team. You know, after, after the showing week one against Iowa, especially in that first half, if you can come out and get a ranked win, a top 10 win in your place at home in front of your fans, I mean, you take that and run and, and you don't look back right. and you, and you really let that define your season. You don't let the defeat against Iowa week one define your season. The games like this, you know, start right. to make your season. I think it's a, a new team, a, a new season. You, that's how you have to look at it. If, if you're the Hoosiers treat this as if, it, as if it's week one, forget about the past and start fresh week three here against Cincinnati. So with that being said, let's get into some predictions. You know, looking at at these two teams, pretty even matchup, we think. In Bloomington, Cincinnati is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Owen, what's your pick? I think Cincinnati's going to pull it off. I think the leadership is going gonna, is gonna to continue. Uh, I do think Penix and Freifogel have a game. I do think we see some of that, uh, that skill and talent and big time, you know, show up. I do think that happens. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. Um, but I think Cincinnati takes it. I think it's going to be close, but I tend to agree. Um, you know, the Cincinnati team isn't just, in my mind, a top eight team. I think they're a top five team. Uh, and top five teams, when they're favored, uh, if you're a, if you're for real, and I think this team's for real, 
they, they mind their business they, and they, they take care of it and they just get it done. And I think that's what they're going to do is they're just going to get it done. And, and I think the defense, you know, for IU is, is going to be solid and it has been all season. It even was against Iowa, believe it or not, but I, I really have concerns about this offense. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like, you know, with Penix and, and how shaky he's been this season going up against a defense like this. It's tough to trust him. Uh, and, you know, that's that's certainly not something we've been able to say about him before the, the most recent injury. We, you know, he's been pretty reliable. I don't know. Uh, this week, maybe not. Uh, next week, Western Kentucky, maybe. But this week, I am not so sure I trust, you know, him as a quarterback right now unless he he shakes off the rust and and looks like his old self i'm not sure i can buy it uh i'm gonna take cincinnati here in bloomington owen thank you so much for coming on this podcast today where can the people find you you can uh find me on twitter tnr sports the news record or uh owen rr racer on twitter as well that's right. Yeah. And you can find all of Owen's stuff, the news record at the University of Cincinnati. Certainly will have some good coverage of this weekend's game Saturday afternoon and the rest of the season long covering the Bearcats. Owen, thank you so much for coming on today's program and we will see you next time. That'll do it for today's episode of Reach for the Pod, the Indiana Daily Students, Indiana football podcast previewing this weekend's game against the Cincinnati Bearcats. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Luke and thank you to Owen for joining us. You can find both of their works in the Indiana Daily Student and in the news record at the University of Cincinnati. I'm sure they'll have some great content this weekend after Saturday's game. And you can find all of your Indiana football news and coverage at IDSnews.com. We'll have plenty of stuff for you this weekend and all season long. So thank you for listening to today's episode, and we'll see you next time. Bye.